Right, I'm now going to introduce our guest speaker to you, barely pausing for breath. Those of you who've been around the church a while will know we're looking to get involved with Transforming Lives for Good, a Christian charity, a Christian ministry that seeks to provide support for children in school who are in danger of not being in school for all sorts of reasons. Joe has been kind of spearheading this initiative for us as a church, and we are hoping that we'll be able to start in September getting involved at South Morning Primary School up the road. We've got a team of five or six who've already done the training and are looking forward to it, and it's just tying the last few things up with the school. But to tell us more uh, about this, we have Julie Smith from Transforming Lives for Good who's going to come speak to us. Let's give her a warm welcome, please. Thank you. We are. Good morning. Right, can you hear me? Is the audio working? Okay. Let me just do a quick check. Ah, perfect. Look at that. Okay. Thank you for such a warm welcome. My name is Julie and I'm part of the national speaker team for Transforming Lives for Good. So we are a bunch of volunteers from various parts of the UK that have been trained up to go to churches and inspire you with the vision of Transforming Lives for Good. Um, I've been a Christian nearly all my life. Um, God's really given me a heart to see lives transformed by the love of Jesus. And I am passionate about encouraging and equipping local church to step outside of your doorstep and get involved in what's going on in your community. Um, I've got two young boys myself, 12 and 9 years old. I'm a school governor in one of the primary schools locally to where I live. And for my paid job, I'm a sole trader going into secondary schools mostly, offering youth mentoring. I teach relationships and sex education, PSHE lessons. I do group work around resilience and emotional intelligence and all that sort of stuff. And I've also just had one local secondary school ask me to go in and provide pastoral support to their staff, which has been such a blessing to go in and sit there so much more frontline now staff than they ever used to be, aren't they? So that's been a real blessing. Um, I also lead a church where I live in Eastbourne. And since last summer, we have run a TLG Make Lunch program, which provides um, hot and nutritious lunches for children every school holiday that would receive free school meals in term time. So I've got a bit of a mosaic of life, really, lots of different bits and pieces, but I am regularly faced with the real challenges and struggles that children and families in our locality are facing. Um, And I know that God's expanding my heart to love people who are socially isolated, who are struggling in a variety of ways, and to come alongside certainly parents um, and young children as they really face their giants head on. So thank you for your warm welcome. I can see you're a church with a big heart. I'm so excited, Joe, to hear what's going to be starting in September. That sounds so exciting. Who is anybody else here done the training so far? Let me just give you so some of you. Excellent. Are you excited? It's going to be brilliant. I'm going to talk a little bit more about early intervention um, a little bit later on. So I'm pleased to be with like-minded people, but first of all, we're going to pray. Because this is about him, isn't it? It's not about actually TLG. It's about Jesus. So, Jesus, this is all for you. Father God, would you come and blow through this place this morning? As we think about what you're doing, would you speak and show us your heart? We're listening. Amen. Okay, I'm going to start by reading Samuel 16, verses 1 to 13. I'm going to move this forward. There we go. Okay, so we're going to look at Samuel 16, the first 13 chapters. It's going to come up on here, and I'm just going to read it out, okay? So we're going to blast through this. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, 
since I've rejected him as king over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. But Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears about it, he'll kill me. The Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. Samuel did what the Lord said. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. They asked, do you come in peace? Samuel replied, yes, in peace. I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointing stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I've rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and had him to pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shammah pass by, but Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He's tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. And he was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. I love that bit of scripture. How do we decide which people are worth believing in? Who are worth our time and our trust? How do we decide which people to champion through life? Most of us naturally judge a situation or an experience, or even a person by the way they look, by the quality of the interactions that we have with them, and certainly by the kinds of behavior people exhibit. We just do. It's the way we are, isn't it? I wonder if you think God does the same. I'm really thankful he doesn't. When God anointed David to be the next king, Saul was still on the throne, So the king is still alive and well and doing all that he's meant to be doing as far as the people are concerned. And yet God anoints this boy and says, you're going to be the next king. Because Saul was handsome, wasn't he? That's why Samuel picked him, or God picked him to begin with. He was head and shoulders above everybody else. He was handsome. He was a good warrior. He was fighting all his battles, but his heart had turned away from God. David was the last choice of his brother's. The last one you would have expected to be king. It was inconceivable that God would choose him, the youngest, the smallest in his family, the one out on the hills with the sheep, instead of being seen as that natural leader. Even the prophet Samuel was surprised at God's choice, giving God a great opportunity to show how he works. I'm going to go off script a minute because this was a word God gave my husband and I recently about strategy. So when Samuel anointed Saul, he was God's man. He was head and shoulders. He was obviously the man for the job, wasn't he? So when Samuel was sent to anoint the next one, it was completely understandable that he looked at Jesse's eldest son and went, well, this must be who God's chosen because that's what God did before. But God's strategy in that moment was completely on its head. 
And it was a word to us about how we have to keep in step with the Spirit to know what strategy God's using at each time. Because what worked before, what was absolutely right before, may not be what God is doing now. And actually keeping in step with the Spirit is really, really important so that we are listening always and hearing what the Spirit is saying. Back on script. Sorry, TLG. So what God did say was, the Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. I want to challenge us this morning with the children, young people, and families living in your community, around this church, on the ends of your streets, in your streets. Do you consider their appearance or their circumstance or their behavior? Or do you look at the things that we can't see? Do you look underneath the surface at what's really going on in their heart? I wonder what God says to you this morning about that. God had big plans for David from the beginning of time, and he chose him for a purpose. Even though no one knew who David was, and he wasn't the obvious choice for a king, God believed in David and was there to champion him through everything that happened in his life, even though he made those horrendous mistakes. God overcame what everyone else saw about David and he looked straight at his heart. For so many children in the UK today, they have no one to champion them, no one to believe in them, no one to stand alongside them as they go through their struggles, no one to believe in their potential, to look past their behaviour and their circumstances. And so often their heart is struggling. The TLG journey began uh, in a church in inner city Bradford. A local youth team began their Friday night program, and God had much, much bigger plans. When 13-year-old Lewis started coming along to the church youth group, his natural response was to punch any new person he met. On the surface, he was angry, he was unsociable, he was full of attitude. Because of this, he'd been excluded from school, He'd been isolated, and he was walking his journey of life completely alone. But underneath all of that, Lewis's heart was confused and hurting. He was struggling to cope with mum's new boyfriend. He didn't feel safe. He built up years of frustration living on one of the poorest estates in Bradford. Underneath it all, he was a struggling little boy. And God impressed on that local youth team, who are now the executive team at TLG to overlook that unsociable behaviour, the outbursts and the anger, and look instead at Lewis's heart, to believe in him, to stand by him, and to champion him whatever life threw at him and all the mistakes he was going to make, just like God did with David. I wonder if we would do the same. Currently in our country today, there are thousands of children struggling with issues under the surface. Over 400,000 children and young people are excluded from school every single year because they can't cope. In England alone, over 25,000 of those exclusions are given to children in primary school. There are 45 exclusions per day for children in nursery, reception and year one. I think that statistic is just heartbreaking. And that is not God's plan for our world. And he has called that local church team in Bradford to do something about it. He called them to rise up 
and equip the local church to be able to stand alongside struggling children and young people just like Lewis. And it's now happening in communities all around the UK. A movement has begun to stir. Believing that every child is worthy is at the core of everything TLG do. We know that every struggling child in the UK today needs the support of a positive and consistent faith-filled role model. And that's what you're going to start doing, and I'm so excited. When Samuel anointed David as a shepherd boy, David had the affirmation that God had seen him from the beginning of time, and he had chosen him for this great work. And it was then that his real journey began. God was with him through some pretty difficult stuff. I mean, it wasn't as if David had an easy life. So he's anointed as king in secret because the king's still on the throne. And soon after that, he goes and faces Goliath. As the little boy that just stands up to all the trembling adults and says, well, I'll go and do it then. Because he knew who his God was. He knew he was called. And he secured the safety of Israel. And then years after that, he spent ages on the run from Saul, who was trying to kill him, living in mountains and caves, afraid for his life. And then finally, as Saul dies, David's living in the Egyptian wilderness, surrendered to the Philistines and waiting again to hear the fate of Israel. A lot of the time, David was in danger. He had no stability, away from his family. Just imagine what that was like for him. I wonder if it was only bearable because he knew God's affirmation. He knew that God walked through it all with him and because God provided great friends to support him. Last year, one of our amazing partner churches told us a story of a boy called Luke. He's eight years old and really, really struggling. And when he struggles, he often lashes out with unacceptable behavior and obviously then gets into trouble. And it had got so bad that at playtime, the teachers would cone off an area of the playground so that he could play on his own, isolated from everyone else. Who was looking behind the behaviour to Luke's struggling heart? Who was there to champion him through his life? Who was there to tell Luke that he was worthy? I wonder if we would stoop lower and see him as God sees him and deem him worthy of being championed through his life. Would we look past his behaviour and his label and see his heart? Another child, and I can't share the name this time, had spent years in the care system, many, many different foster families. And the church one day got a call to say that he hadn't come home that night and no one knew where he was. And when he arrived at the education centre late that next morning, it turns out he'd chosen to spend the night sleeping on a park bench because he said he had no family, so why go home? Currently in our country, one in ten children are unable to cope with the school day. And two-thirds of children say they worry all the time. Children who've been taken into care are twice as likely to be excluded from school. The most vulnerable in our society are twice as likely to be excluded. Thankfully, in both of those cases, TLG were able to come alongside a local church to equip them, to empower them, to step into that gap and become the Christ-cloaked volunteers that those young people needed. And just like the story of David, at TLG we believe that God has made these children with a purpose and a future. And he has seen them and loved them from the beginning of time. We believe that the local church 
should and can instill that message in these children in our own communities. In the UK today, there are children struggling with all sorts of things, and often they're very unseen, and we only see the impact of that struggle coming out as bad behaviour or withdrawal or isolation. You may not believe it, but right now, as I'm speaking here this morning, there are 4.1 million children growing up in relative poverty and eligible for free school meals. When that term time provision stops, all of those children face hunger in the holidays. One in three parents of low-income families skipped a meal in order to make sure that their children were fed. Imagine what it's like to be really hungry. We can't be our best when we're hungry. It's difficult to make good decisions. It's difficult to control our behaviour. It's difficult to be the person, all of us, that God intended us to be when we're hungry. The hindrance of hunger should not be happening for the children in this country, but it is. Here's what one of our mums had to say about the fear of hunger for her own child. She said, I used to be petrified of school holidays. I'm on a very low income. I get just enough to keep our heads above water, but that's it. So when the holidays come, I'm afraid of how I'm going to feed my daughter, Marcy. When I think about the future for me and her, I just hope we'll be happy that we belong somewhere and that we're part of something big. At TLG, we believe in Marcy and her mum. We believe they are worthy of a hope and a future. We believe God has seen them since the beginning of time. And we are ready to equip local church to come alongside them and support them in their struggle. I wonder if that statistic has awoken your heart to an unseen need in our country. Everything TLG does is to equip local church to bring a future and a hope to the lives of struggling children and families. This slide shows the three main things that TLG are involved in. So our education centres are designed to put local church at the centre of the lives of teenagers who are struggling, who need someone to believe in them and who have been excluded. The system doesn't know what to do with them. But TLG, through the local church, are saying, we believe in you. You were called for more than this, and you are loved. Today, we have 13 of these centres around the country, supporting over 150 teenagers at crisis point. But God hasn't stopped there, because what we realised was once they're excluded, there is so much we can do, but there are children who are about to be excluded, and this is where early intervention comes in. So in 2010, we created early intervention which is designed to put a church volunteer alongside a struggling child for one hour a week in a local primary school. Not only does this give the church a chance to build relationships with local families, but for one hour a week, that child gets the undivided attention, support and guidance of a Christ model in their life, championing them. What a difference that could make. And we currently have over 100 churches running early intervention across the country, supporting over 400 struggling children every year. And then in 2018, um, Make Lunch was added to the programs of TLG. So created to equip churches to feed the one in five children who are facing food insecurity in our country. This year, we've got 151 lunch clubs who have served over 2,000 meals to struggling children and families this year. All of our programs are designed to help and equip the local church to reach out. 
from Lewis and his struggles with anger, to Luke, isolated by cones in the playground, to Marcy and her mum struggling with food insecurity in the holidays, and the 10,000 children that have been helped in between. TLG are here to help the church reach out into your community. I want to read a little bit of Psalm 139 before I finish. Because this is the God who has seen us all before the beginning of time. So David wrote this years after being king. And it really cements the impact in his life of knowing God's affirmation for him. And knowing that he was there to guide and champion him through all of life's difficulties. Oh Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in, behind and before, and you lay your hand on me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them ever came to be. What a promise. How many kids need to know that they were seen before they, were, before they ever existed? Are we desperate enough for the children to know that whatever life throws at them, they have been chosen by God for such a time as this? Are we desperate enough for them to know that in the darkest times of their lives, they are hemmed in behind and in front by the God who advocates for them? And has laid his hand upon them. I wonder this morning if God is stirring your heart. To stand with this vision. And pray for what TLG are doing. I want to play you a video. A story of Ruby. A child in inner city Bradford. Who is really struggling at home and in school. It's amazing for us to be able to see the impact. That local church has had. Before the coaching, tough times, because like, I was actually being bullied at school. Well, before Joe um, introduced herself to me, uh, Ruby and me were both apprehensive about starting at Emmanuel School. I was worrying like a lot, because like, new school, like, it was like going to be like 
massive and stuff. Ruby would always have a meltdown when I picked her up from school. Um, she'd hold all her emotions in all day at school, whether it could have been something that had triggered her in the morning, and then when I picked her up at three, it'd just be the whole world has ended and it was hard, it were hard on me and it were hard on Ruby. I was like really worried about going to Emmanuel because you know I've got bottles and asperges, you know. My brother calls it asparagus. And for the millionth time, I am not a vegetable. There were plenty of visits to Emmanuel and meeting, meeting the staff, going at busy times, going at quiet times. With Joe taking you on the visits to Emmanuel, that helped a lot because Ruby were becoming familiar with the surroundings. Joe, she's an angel. She is an angel. Because of my depression, the doctors wanted to give me antidepressants and that's not the road that I wanted to go down. But going to church is given, it's, it's helped me more than what any antidepressant and bereavement counselling could do because I know that God's got a plan for all of us and that God loves me. Thanks, Joe. You just, you just helped me in a lot of ways. Made me feel better about myself. Oh, God, my tears. Made me feel better about myself. It made me feel happy. Thank you for, for all the things that you've did. I really appreciate it. So, to the child with too many worries for them to count... TLG says you are hemmed in behind and in front by the God and we will champion you. To the teenagers struggling to make sense of their own crisis situation, TLG say you have been created by the living God and we believe in you. To the families struggling to put food on their table, TLG say God knows what you're going through. We are with you, we are for you and we are going to help you. Who are we willing to champion? Knowing that there are thousands of children and families facing crisis in their lives, TLG are passionate and committed to equip local church. On your seats, you'll see a form which, when you fill in the contact form, will give you the opportunity to join our mailing list and stand with us in prayer. You'll get information about the different interventions that are going on, the different ways that people can get involved. We want to raise up more local church volunteers to help transform many more lives like Ruby and her mum. Our vision is to enable churches to be there for children and the vision is getting bigger. The goal for 2025 is to continue working through local churches and support 10,000 struggling children every year. Our vision is big because the need is big. If you fill out that initial contact information form today... I'll give you a free book. Come on, free book. You'd have to pay for these ones. But I haven't got very many. I haven't got very many. Um, this was written by Tim Morfin, who's the founder and chief executive of TLG, and it's the story of how this came about. It's absolutely inspirational what God did by a little local youth church team responding to the needs of their community. So if you fill in the, the contact form today and give it back to me, then I've got some of these books um, that I'm happy to pass on to you. It will help you pray for TLG. It will help you stand with us in that vision. It's been a real pleasure to be here. Thank you for giving me the time. I really appreciate that. On behalf of everyone at TLG, all the children, all the families that we come alongside, I want to say a huge thank you for taking this time today. So to summarise... 
TLG believe that every struggling child is worthy of being championed through life. That God has a perfect plan for every struggling teenager. And for every struggling family, God's desire is to raise up local church to stand with them. So one last quick video. Thank you. 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 And the God who champions those who are struggling is championing you this morning. Not because you might get involved with TLG. Not because you might fill in a form and get a free book. But because you are his and he loves you. Your performance does not make him love you. He loves you because he is love and you are his. God bless you.